Yes, it's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. Howdy, folks. I'm Sleazy B. Martini, entrepreneur extraordinaire. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. This is Curtis Armstrong, and you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time. The dangling thumb. And you're listening to Quality Time Broadcast. And they paid me That's very on brand for you. <laughs> the movie gave me nothing. No inspiration whatsoever. So. You didn't even think about making an Usher song? Like an Usher style song? But in, like, if Robert Patrick was Usher? I don't even know who Usher is. <laughs> Usher, you got it, you got it bad. When you're on the phone, go and you come right back. The one about abortion is pretty funny. <laughs> he he actually wrote the original abortion song. Yeah, my brother, the abortion. Sorry, yes. Eric, you're a poser. <laughs> I stole that from Usher. Uh, <laughs> I don't like a white artist stealing from a black person. Nothing new. Classic Eric. Uh, <laughs> marks uh, the time where we're going to start this podcast off. Welcome to Quality Time. I'm your host, Eric Woodworth, uh, and I am joined first and foremost by my blood and my brother, Jeremy Woodworth, Jeremy, how are you, sir? I know not what you're talking about. Oh, no, he's speaking out of turn. Who is this? This is not actual reality. This is recall. And we will all be lobotomized today. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, we're living in a dream world. <laughs> I'm not even sure who, who he is right now, but I'll, I'll go with Stone Woman. That Stone Woman from Romancing the Stone. Oh, okay. Kathleen Turner. <laughs> Kathleen Turner. Wow. Wow. Good for you, man. I mean, ma'am. I apologize. Ma'am? <laughs> this is no ja- this is no Jamie Penis Curtis. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I'm not. I'm going to put this in the lexicon of. Uh, we're going to go wide miss on this one, Jer. The, the more that Kathleen Turner ages, she's more like Kathleen Turner and Hooch. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, hey. Uh, speaking of, um, we're also joined by the uh, the very lovely, very talented Miss Ashley Pontius. Ashley, how are you? I'm good, Daddy. Wait, you said speaking of, are you comparing me to a sad junkyard dog? <laughs> no, no, no. So I wanted to I wanted to speak just real quick about uh, I had a show last night in your neck of the woods, even though you weren't there at the at the in Waynesboro uh, at the yeah. brewery show with me, Rob Mayer, and the, uh, the great Todd Fleming. And um, I had a uh, a gentleman come up to us. His name's Josh Brown, listener of the Rob and Joe show, but he started to listen to our podcast. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Hey, I really like it. I was listening to some episodes. And he's like, I know you guys do like a movie. So I picked out like a couple movies that I actually knew. And he was like, your show's really great. Except, uh, except when Jeremy just laughs all the time. Sometimes it gets really weird and he won't stop. 
laughing. So he mentioned that Jeremy laughing was the worst part of the show. And I disagree, oh. Jeremy. I need more of your laughter. Uh, and, and if anything, I'd like to go into post edit and then maybe add some like echo to your laughter. And Jeremy, I can be offended for you because at first I was waiting for this guy to say I was the worst part, but I can direct that fear towards towards protecting you. So yeah, fuck that. Josh, thanks for listening, but also fuck you. It's perfect the <laughs> way. I want to hear more about Jeremy Stingleberries. I want to yeah. hear about his flakes. I want to hear about his basement rats. Yeah, Jeremy, how are the basement rats, man? We haven't heard from them in a while. Are they all dead? Is uh, how's the smell around there? Um, I haven't seen a rat in a long time. I definitely still have a couple mice that are eating rat poison as if it's cotton candy. Oh, all right. <laughs> but uh, I think if I give them enough poison, they actually get stupid enough to go into the traps that I leave. So. So I'm putting out traps again, and there's and I got one a, a mouse the other week, um, but really I need to talk about midgets today. Okay, today. you need to. This is you you can't you can't not mention them. Yeah, yeah. I have my 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 one. Um, I, I I shouldn't call him a midget because he really hates being called a midget. I guess. He's yeah. Like, well, it is a it is a derogatory term, or at least that, that is the movement in the last couple of years. That uh, the M word, uh, hard hard G in it, is not is not no longer it's frowned upon. There, there's a movie called uh, Day of the Locusts where Billy Barty, who started LPA Little People of America, uh, in the movie, the one of the few lines that he has starts in the movie. I can't even say what he says because it's that rude. And, he, and of course, he uses the N-word. So the person oh. that started the bullshit can't use the M-word actually said the N-word in a movie. If that isn't the height of hypocrisy, I don't know what the fuck is. So I mentioned this to my little little person friend. And, of course, he gets really out of fucking whack. And he didn't even, I don't even know if he knew what Billy Barty said, but he's like, you're throwing this shit at me? Fuck you. This is fucking LPA month. Billy Barty, and you, fuck you. And you. Do you even know how fucking disrespectful midgets is and everything? And I'm like, okay. Do, do, would you say that he had maybe a little bit of a short fuse? I think he had the- <laughs> And the worst thing is, I, I can't even fire back at him because I just love a little person angry at me. So it kind of makes my day no matter what. Well, that's good. Uh, you know, that's little... what minorities love is when you laugh at them no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> the worst part was, <laughs> you know, pound for pound, they are the the smallest minority. <laughs> if you think about what? it. Do you think, Jeremy, there'll ever be a time where you maybe you, you look back and you're like, you know what? I'm going to stop using the M word and just call them, you know, something something else. Call Maybe just call them dwarfs or... Uh, call them Gimli, yes. Gimli's? Okay. In that same vein, but on the opposite side, I was watching a documentary the other night. I think it was on ESPN. Ooh. And talking about a famous basketball player whose name is escaping me. Wilt Chamberlain? Why is it Michael Jordan? Yes. Okay. 
Did you also see this, Eric, where they were talking about how he was in an elevator once and a guy asked him, how's the weather up there? And apparently Wilt spat on the man and said it's raining. And I can't get that out of him. <laughs> yeah, so I, I know exactly the clip you're talking about. He's actually with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, another famous yeah. great Laker. Uh, and he said Wilt was yes. just having a bad day and somebody came in and was like, hey, how's the weather up there? And you just spit on him and said, it's raining. And then what are you going to do to Wilt Chamberlain? He will body slam you. I aspire to that level of sheer pettiness and confidence that I, too, can look at someone and spit on them. Like, that just makes my spirit soar. Shout out Wilt Chamberlain. Also famous uh, for uh, banging the most women, he says, out of any sports celebrity. He said he is, uh, he has, he has made sex with over 10,000 women in his lifetime. That's, That's incredible. You know who he's second? Oh, sorry, go ahead, Jeremy. I think the uh, opposite of the spectrum is uh, Madonna, who's had the sex with the most basketball teams. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I was gonna say that. Um, oh my god, I'm drawing a blank. Oh god, the one who hangs out in North Korea. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought. I think, a new bowl. Uh, I was gonna say. Uh, I was gonna say you're drawing a blank. Unlike Alec Baldwin, am I right? <laughs> oh, oh. oh, you mean uh, you mean uh, Dennis Rodman, the funny looking Dennis there you Rodman. Go. He said second place is Dennis Rodman, who's had sex with the most men. Ooh, there you go. By far, he's broken his dick more than any other person. Yeah, <sighs> he has a very fun story about breaking his dick, and I like that Poor about God. him. Now that's, now, that's the double impact we all wanted to see. Um, so, uh, My dick is not long enough to ever break. Yes, if, if it breaks, it is, it's gone. It's, it's broken at the stem. If for you, so uh, the let let's do a quick rewind. Last week uh, we we uh, recorded and it was a great episode. Mm-hmm. And at, right afterwards, we all left to go see Halloween Kills at the at the warehouse. And it yes. was the first time we went as a group. And uh, I I first of all shout outs to the warehouse and Frederick and uh, Ashley for procuring. Uh, they gave us they they've given money to us. Us, and that was very nice of them. We drank beers. We had a fun time. I enjoyed it. Uh, but the the whole world, the whole horror world is up in arms over Halloween kills. Is it good? Is it bad? Uh, I would say, me personally, I loved it. It's one of my, th- it's in my top four of Halloween films that exist of the franchise, if you will. I I'm not really going to voice my opinion yet. I still know that there's plenty of people who haven't had the opportunity yet to see it. Um, I, I will say I'm in the middle on it. That's that's where I'll stand. Um, I'll save I'll save my opinion for later later judgment. Oh yeah, I, I think I think it's my second favorite to Halloween three. Halloween three is great. First of all, I love I'm wearing my Halloween three part two shirt right now because that's how excited I am. But yeah, I I've never seen a fan base so. Uh, either hate or love a film franchise more than Halloween. Like if you come out with a new Friday the 13th, they're like, I'm just glad it exists, you know? And, but for Halloween, people are like, no, this one is shit. And this one's good. And to me, I went in with the expectation of, um, you know, non-spoiler alert. It is, it is the, 
most violent of the Halloweens you've ever seen. And I personally loved it. It just gave me everything I wanted in a Halloween movie. Yeah, the kills I liked, for sure. I I won't give too much away, but it's about time that Michael Myers finally gets some empathy for being wronged by the cops. I mean, that's the most important thing as as a serial killer. It's like, okay, I've murdered plenty of people. But I was wronged by the cops. Yeah, agreed. The violent one, lives matter. One of the things that uh, they really, I, and I thought this was an interesting take that they they did with Halloween Kills, is that uh, they they take you back to um, uh, nineteen, you know, the original, uh, and Michael Myers actually gets pulled over, and he refuses to show his license and register. He first he just it's the only time he talks. He goes, it, actually, it's in the constant. Why am I being pulled over? And then he does that. And that's really the reason it's cool to have the backstory is that he just he felt like the police were being too brutal. And that's the reason why he kills everyone in Hattonfield. By far, one of the whitest face drivers of all time. She's like, do you not see this mask I'm wearing? I'm the whitest person that could possibly. This is ridiculous. Uh, So I thought that was an interesting take to to take the franchise. But it was, I I thought, one that in 2021 we needed to see. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Ashley, you uh, you had a show last night on the Eastern Shore yes. that you wanted to uh, tell us about that. I did. Um, I featured for our good friend Tommy Simbazo, who did phenomenal. Um, it was actually like a very nice venue. I wasn't expecting it to be as nice as it was with the name of Snifters. Um, yeah, Snifters <laughs> sounds like a place where you get sexually harassed and then a new comic asks, we should write together. It yeah, sounds I like of, I could think of somebody that would love going there. Oh my God, Joe Biden! Yeah, yeah there you go, there you go. Yeah, I knew that was coming. Yeah, 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 he comes up behind you when he's taking your order. He just sniffs at the back of your neck. I get it. Hey, there's one um, thing I like to do is come here and sniff first every every year. No, you know that. Is that, is that <laughs> um. Anyways, so I. I do the show there and we have this heckler who's sitting up front the whole time and heckler in the sense of he is sweet and well-meaning but he's annoying as shit and I start to realize from the other people and then once I get on stage and I take take a full look at him he's super fucking old like these are old people the heckler are like grandparents and I think to myself well shit like I'm not gonna go too hard because they're legit old didn't fully grasp that the heckling had partly to do with the fact that he was fucking deaf okay <laughs> so I, I at one point do my oh, so he was a black comedian from the 90s <laughs> sorry okay continue there's the <laughs> there's the comedians that white people heckle and there's the comedians white people used to heckle anyway <laughs> so um, <laughs> so i'm doing my semi-famous bit about ass eating oh. and into this joke i hear what what did you what did you say and everybody can hear him and his old wife is like his interpreter and she goes ass ass eating and he's like, what and i stopped the joke but and i look at him and i go but that's and where I go, the poo poo comes out of does she know go, this i go 
what's happening sir and he goes what what are you talking about <laughs> and i go really super fucking loud i go fascinating i'm talking about getting my ass eaten and then he goes oh well i'll put my teeth in for you <laughs> and, and i say sir I don't think that's quite quite how that works. Uh, forget 13 reasons why. I have 52 about why I don't want <laughs> to eat my ass. And his wife's like, would you do that to me? I, I was curious. What is us eating? I don't understand. <laughs> Just, I was like, all right, like the bit, all right, great. And I just moved the fuck on. But I was like, cool, my favorite joke. It's butchered by a bunch of old people. And then called Eric Pre-Show. I had a show in Virginia the other day. And these people were bragging to me about being Puerto Rican. And then they wouldn't shut up. And I panicked. And I was like, hey. Hey, listen, you bunch of churros. And then after I said, oh, my. Oh, no. Oh, no. Why did I say that? Oh, also. <laughs> You've been hanging also, around us too long, Ashley. <laughs> the weirdest insult i've ever come up with and also, also just something else at that show i started talking about fdr and i was like he may have been crippled but he was a freak and then i was like i guess i should we're crippled anymore but i was like fdr stands for fucking done right you know what i mean i was like eleanor called him meals on wheels and everybody was horrified that would be awesome like if you know how like there's the bloods and the crips, if like the main crip was FDR, you know what I mean? Like he's the original. Hey, watch me do my crip walk, and it's just him trying to shammy his fucking little gumby legs around like this. Well, I was telling everybody. Oh, go ahead, Jeremy. So all the other ones that aren't crips, they all have. Uh, um, are they're all anemic? They all have hemophilia. Yes. <laughs> They're all eating um, ass. So it all came about too because I was telling people about how apparently my job did not find it as funny as I did to purchase the domain veteranaffairs.co, which is now a new website I set up for military people to cheat on their spouses. There you go. And and I said, I put on the website, I said, FDR, that we have nothing to fear but our wives finding out. <laughs> I like that and, song that you put up on the website, though. It makes it really inviting. Like, hey, you'd like to come in my rooster. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay, sorry. It's an Alice in Chains sorry. song. It's fun. It's about a Vietnam War veteran who gets spit on in his homeland. And now um, you can spit on him in the bedroom with <laughs> veteranaffairs.co. <laughs> Fucking um, Brian Dennehy, that fucker. Yeah, I hate to break this to you boys. Like, I try to be pretty cool. I try to be a cool girl. Um, <laughs> I'm still a cool person. Like, I don't, I don't listen to some of the garbage you guys listen to. I'm sorry. Whoa, Alice in Chains is a great 90s grunge band. Gone to my favorite of all the dead ones. Hey, they're no Soundgarden, I'll tell you that. I agree. I also agree with that, too, Jeremy. Yeah, it's, it's no shine. Temple, Temple of the Dog. 
Hey, I also thought of this, and I know I don't like to rewind us too much all the time, but uh, when you're talking about, we were talking about deaf comedy, I always think it'd be really funny if there was just one episode of Deaf Comedy Jam where they were like, and I'll give it up for the realest one in the room, Marley Matlin, and she comes out and she's like, hello, I'm him, <laughs> I'm <having yolks. laughs> money. <laughs> they're like boo she's like I'm sorry I can't hear you but I, really I, would love, <laughs> I would love to see a deaf person do Dave Chappelle's killing him softly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my other favorite uh, comedy is actually South African called Zef Comedy Jam oh Zef Comedy Jam hey what's up it's Zef Stahl uh, it's me the Antwerp welcome to Zef Comedy Jam this is very good uh, he, does, he does it looking like a dog, like a pit bull on his face. So, also, also, just hearing Marley Matlin go out there and then just do like uh, Bernie Mac. You're like, I'm not scared of you, motherfuckers. <laughs> Hit my music. <laughs> that would be great. How, can, do you think we can get in touch with her? And do you think we could set that up? Actually, I want to see her do. Sam Kinnison with all the yelling. Yes. <laughs> Look at my face. <laughs> the video I sent you earlier. <laughs> oh my God. Ashley sent me a fucking. I'll send it to you, Jeremy, after this. We'll forward are you, it to are you. Making fun of deaf people like that kid on Breaking Bad. No, he's he's cerebralic palsyishness. Guys, we're getting into dangerous territory. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like you- Speaking of dangerous territory, um, I uh, I went to a dangerous territory on Wednesday night. I went down to the DC uh, uh, underground, where I saw <laughs> to be uh, with the other rat people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is a weird. So here's the thing: I, I have one story from there. One, me and Tommy uh, got into the derelict underbelly uh, of uh, the DC underground, which is a sub- abandoned part of the old subway system that is now an art gallery and like a 300 person venue for comedy uh, occasionally. Uh, but it's just an abandoned subway. Uh, so me and Tommy, though, we got there early uh, before anyone else. And we just started uh, discovering the catacombs underneath D.C. And we went far back to where the lights stopped. And I found a rat in a rat trap that had been clapped and was nothing but just a fully intact skeleton uh, stuck in the rat trap. And his thing was the size of a baby cat. Uh, this thing was fucking huge. So I saw that. Uh, no homeless people that, uh, that I feel like they, the homeless problem could be solved. They could all live down there in that weird derelict tunnel. Uh, no. But, you know what happens? what happens? They morph and they mutate and they become these weird mutant dwellers. They become chuds. Yes. Yes. Oh, man. So I did. No chuds that I saw. Uh, <laughs> but I did get to see the the great Frankie French. And I, the first thing I said, I was like, hey, remember remember when we were peers at one point and then you became famous like that? And we had a good laugh about that. That's not to be too mean, but that's a conversation Eric has regularly with women in comedy. <laughs> remember, remember when you thought I was funny? I'm, <laughs> hi, I'm Eric Matlin. I'm deaf now. Uh, can I be on your comedy jam, Frankie? Um, so it was, it was great to see her. Uh, I also, but listen, I, I, 
I feel like uh, I'm a bit, I'm not a super audio engineer, right? But I know enough about audio that like if I hold a microphone, I know how to speak into it, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm Truly, I, I know like the levels I can, I don't even need a monitor a lot of times. I can hear how it sounds when other comics are up and I'm like, I think this is the thing that's going wrong with that. Well, it's a very echoey downstairs. And so uh, Eddie Lyles, shout out the, the booker of this show. He's like, hey, make sure you get up on the microphone because you got to speak loud loud to but i was like and i'm listening to it, i was like the acoustics are like no you you're making it louder and it's just echoing more this is bad so i start doing my set and i choke off the mic and i get way off it and i'm almost just like barely going through it hey guess what everybody can hear the things i'm saying and it actually is coming through really clearly so i i'm having what i think is a really good set near the end there by choking off the mic and then eddie apparently leans into tommy's like motherfucker's an idiot nobody can hear him look <laughs> like this so he, so he criticized me for fixing the problem of the echo uh when i knew what i was doing so that i thought that was very funny to me that everybody could hear my jokes but nobody so, could hear his so you're telling me that you're criticized by people other than me yes <laughs> yeah all the time but i like it also wrongly criticized that's important to point out that i was correct and that's the most important part of the story wrongly criticized you okay yes exactly it's like saying i did something right i was like man what a fucking idiot i'm like no i'm you're the one who's wrong i'm correct everybody knows on every mixing board there's a special button that says set the uh, mixer for suck <laughs> oh, good times, good times. And then now I, had, I record all my music. So, and then I had a great show with Rob Mayer and Todd Fleming, and that was fun. But that's about it. Um, Jeremy, I guess you have a special song that you wanted to share with us, correct? And your ears haven't been violated yet. <laughs> yeah, I've held back. This has been so many years. Oh, and, thank God. Uh, and uh, I, I couldn't stand it anymore. I had to go full political on this. Oh, no. And of course, it's going to offend a lot of people because, you know, you, it, any politics offends people, you know, no matter what you do. And and this is pretty much it's it's obviously going to cut off half of our fan base because it's okay. a good. Oh, God. So, you know, and it's the song is called Congress. OK, so. Congress. OK, well, let's let's give a listen to Congress. Jeremy's new hit song. Here we go. I have never listened to this, Ashley. I got it seconds before the show started. We'll be hearing it in real time. So I'll use yeah. the word like a hundred times. Wow, so. I'm seeing a lot of big bars of of hatred that are coming up. This is good. Okay, let's give it a listen and let's see if it'll actually make the show or not.
So, Jeremy, is this it, by Congress? What do you, exactly do you mean? You know, politics, and you know, um, being in 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 office. Do you mean sexual Congress? Being in their in someone's orifice. Office. Oh, so this is like sexual Congress. I got gotcha. you. Uh, you very in office. Okay. So, in office yes. well jeremy this was good there's two and a half more minutes but no there's two minutes <laughs> two minutes more of this song if you'd like to listen to its entirety please i uh, think i have one or two people because i'm talking about sex and politics that's good well i actually really liked it jeremy did i ever tell you that i used to be in clarence thomas's band called pube on a can <laughs> <laughs> Uh, pube on a can. Oh, we had man. some good ones. We had with other with other hits. We had like songs like um, "Sex Under a Desk." That was a good one. Um, we had "Touch My Lyndon B. Johnson." That was a good one. Um, and then another one was my favorite was like "Give Me, Give Me Head," which was about JFK. <laughs> Give me head. <laughs> <laughs> JFK getting head. Hell yeah. By the way, uh when um Jackie tried to hand parts of uh, his brain to the doctor, he couldn't really do anything with it. <laughs> Sorry. It's <laughs> enlightening, Jeremy. Thank you. Probably one of the most awkward things a doctor ever had to do. Like, you know, oh, I'm glad you kept that. I'm glad you got that back off that um you know, trunk of the, the limo. So you know, whenever your friends are like, "Oh, hey, you got like a little little schmutz like in the corner yeah. of your mouth or on your lip." Got a little something Could you your face. <laughs> Yeah, they're like a little piece of your husband, like right, right there. It's a little bit of brain matter, like right, right there. Oh, you almost got it. Just a little to the left, right there. <laughs> well, this is good. I like it, and I like that it leads us into tonight's tale of the macabre. 1998's The Faculty. Oh boy. I'm excited. Just, man, The Faculty, 1998 classic, directed by Robert Rodriguez, uh, off of the heels of uh, the success of From Dust Till Dawn. Uh, Miramax Hell picked yeah. up this movie. You know, this movie is fun uh, if you uh, turn off your brain and you just like movies like Invasion of the Body Snatchers meets The Thing meets The Breakfast Club mixed with Scream and knowing that half of the women were probably sexually assaulted by uh, one of the Weinsteins. In just the making of this, you know that it's going to be a good time. Right, can I ask a question? Yeah. When did we change this week's movie from arachnophobia to the faculty? Oh, this is, uh, it has just been the faculty all week. Okay. All right. Got it. <laughs> did you prepare for arachnophobia? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, we said we we literally said uh, I was we we had talked about possibly doing that, and then we settled on the faculty before it was over. All right, I guess I forgot to make a note. So, Jeremy, did you have you seen the faculty? This is going to be a great episode. <laughs> I I'm did. I did. Okay, wow. cool, cool. So you're 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 excited about this now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 hey, this it's is the that we, that we cemented that in. So we're not doing arachnophobia this week. So. We're not doing arachnophobia. Do you, do you have a John Goodman song that you'd like to share now? <laughs> no. Okay. No. I but like. Ahead do with the movie this week so so uh i do love how star-studded this cast is i mean for mm -hmm. such a 
for such a movie as this, uh, I love that uh, it's just it's it's star studded. You have uh, uh, Jordana Brewster who would go on to star in nine or ten of the next Fast and Furious movies. Mm-hmm. Clay Duvall, uh, who uh, you know she's she's lovely. She's from Argo uh, and and uh, the Ghosts of Mars. Well, she's done a ton, though, especially as now a director, and I think a little bit of writing. She's she's done a lot of behind-the-camera work now that's been really what's making her career these days. You get uh, the super young Josh Hartnett, uh, who has <laughs> somehow, even with the world's worst haircut, uh, he literally has the simple Jack haircut in this movie, still a heartthrob. Uh, he had it. Uh, sorry, can I just point out, he had that haircut all through the 90s because also in reser um sorry halloween h2o i yeah, want to say another bad haircut it is yeah it he had the same haircut all those years and look at him now he blossomed into a hot daddy that i would absolutely snatch that body oh yeah he was he was such a weirdo and unsexy before now um and then you have you have the great salma hayek who's in this movie you have femka jansen who's uh uh was big in the 90s and just uh, still uh fucking gorgeous the hardest thing to believe is that she's playing the nerdy reserve teacher you're like sure she doesn't know how hot she is we get it right um well she was she's amazing in in the original x-men movies and she also did house on haunted hill which is another one we should yeah. do sometimes the 90s adaptation yeah we've done the original house on haunted hill how could i ever forget jeremy's song and you don't even have to write a new song because you just get in the house on haunted hill again or <laughs> would you do part two like an unforgiven two version of house on haunted hill jeremy uh, i'd love to make a second um house on haunted hill song. okay by the way if if Famke Jensen ever becomes like a demon with like uh, powers of like dimensions, then you'd have to like say her name backwards <laughs> or go back to her, her uh, Oh, she's like a she's like a Rumpelstiltskin. Got it. Yeah. Oh, I hate that name. So uh, it also. <laughs> This movie also features Christopher McDonald, uh, who's famous for being Shooter McGavin, uh, mm. which uh, he has some funny lines we'll share with later. B.B. Uh, Newrith, is that how you say her name? I always know her as Frazier's wife from in Cheers. Uh, oh. Say that again, Jer. B.B. Newworth? Yes. It was my favorite alien that um, sexually um, um, uh, assaulted uh, Riker on Star Trek. Okay. Uh, and then then you get uh, uh, the great Robert Patrick, uh, who plays the coach in this. Uh, mm-hmm. You have singer, songwriter, and, and uh, I think some type of mogul by this point, Usher, uh, who's in this movie. Uh, you have Jon Stewart pre-The Daily Show in this movie. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so cute. And then, uh, of course, Elijah Wood, where uh, I pose this question to either of you. Without the Lord of the Rings, what are your favorite Elijah Wood movies? I'll I'll, I'll listen. Obviously, The My, Good Son. The good yeah, I son. knew you were going to say The Good Son. Um, mine is Forever Young and Deep Impact. Okay. I had trouble naming four Elijah Wood movies other than The Lord of the Rings. I had difficulty. It is it's not it's not easy. Sin City is another one that comes to mind. Um, oh, <laughs> 
But which is funny that Sin City uh, actually uh, is is a reunion of uh, three cast members from this. Of course, director Robert Rodriguez, Elijah Wood, and um, uh, blah, 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 blah. who's the other one? Is it Robert Patrick? I can't remember. It's not important. Oh, well, um, sorry. Josh Hartnett, of course, from Sin oh, City right. as well. Um, I do want to point out one person that I know may not be considered as famous, but just kind of a fun fact is the jock that we will meet in this this movie um sean hotsey mm-hmm. he's from Hyattsville, maryland oh really who knew the hyattsville imesville i jamsville yeah oh where they make the dog food <laughs> yes um, so uh, uh elijah wood had a really good uh um what's the word can And uh, and totally totally confessed to it. He's like, yeah. Well, my mom's a judge, so I'm not going to get go to jail anyway. <laughs> he does have a smarmy personality. Uh, yeah. We also have uh, Daniel von Bar uh, Bargen, which I remember him most fondly as uh, the bad guy from uh, The Lord of Illusions. Uh, a great, uh, great Clive, Clive Barker adaptation. Uh, the really big guy who's part of the cult on uh, Seinfeld. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he is. He is in Seinfeld as uh, I, one of. Also, is he also the devil on Oh Brother Where Art Thou with the glasses with the dog? I believe so. Uh, he also plays uh, Moreno in RoboCop Three. So I thought that was important to, to point. The out. devil is white. He's as white as you folk, and he got a big old <laughs> hound dog too. And uh, he's also in, uh, he's the guy with the, uh, at military school in uh, Malcolm in the Middle that has an eye patch. The eye oh, patch yeah, guy. Right. <laughs> he's, he's, a, listen, he's a great character actor, and I'm glad that he's in this film. So. Suicide or if he just died a couple years ago? I don't know. Who, who cares? I, I also who like, while I'm looking through the cast here, uh, there's also re- two very funny uh, characters, and their names, they don't have real names. They're just known as Fuck You Girl and Fuck You Boy. Uh, yes. They're just the couple that says fuck you to each other. John Abrams and Summer Phoenix, so uh, also, rounding out the cast. Eric just reminded me. I was like, am I going to point this out? And I'm like, well, we're already deep in, so why not? Um. There's also someone else in this movie that just kind of adds to the whole, oh, when you look into the past, things are problematic and upsetting. Um, Danny Masterson is in this movie he as well. Is. He is. Um, and, and I'm like, you play the same character in every movie, you fucking sexual predator. <laughs> yeah. That 70s show, and uh, meaning he doesn't talk to any woman born in the 1970s, I'll tell you that. Uh, yikes. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a real piece of shit, that guy. Uh, Makes sense that he's into scat. <laughs> yes. I'm the scat man. Um, but this movie, uh, this movie is great uh, overall. Um, it opens up with uh, the Offspring's best song, uh, "The Kids Aren't All Right," and uh, within uh, the first uh, couple of minutes of the movie, we see the football coach get infected by a weird parasite. Uh, so, Coach Joe Willis is now a bad guy as he's about to take out Miss uh, Drake. Would uh, uh, Miss Drake? Please report to the principal's office. 
uh and it it's it, it right out of the gate doesn't he like jam like a pencil right through her hand and like oh you're a bad guy i can tell now for sure uh yes and i i was kind of holding on to this and i was like i don't know if i'm gonna say it or not um but i wanted to tell you boys because i know you like finding out secrets about me um i actually did a porn parody called invasion of the hairy snatchers <laughs> 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 sorry harry connick jr uh yeah it's it's the 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 fat cunty <laughs> the fat, no cunty for old men uh, <clears throat> so uh he ends up uh uh she ends up trying to escape uh but luckily she can't open the door because they lock him up at night but miss olsen is outside to help uh she gets out just in time just to find out miss olsen is also evil oh gosh <laughs> So can I just point that out? You guys went to public school. I did not because my parents were rich and also delusional. Um, so have you ever seen a high school chain their doors up like that? I have yeah. actually. Yeah. Uh, <gasps> my high school used to do that at uh, usually near like the gym exits and stuff like that. They would chain them up like that at night. So you, oh, so we God. can't, we couldn't get in and be little rabble rousers. <laughs> It's like a smorgasbord for a school shooter. It's just a, a yeah. tray of gold. Oh my god! Can't shoot fish in a barrel if they are if they ain't trapped in. Let me tell you. Uh, so uh, yeah, uh, this movie kicks off into high gear uh, um, as we get to meet the rest of Harrington High. Uh, of course, we have Elijah Wood who plays Casey. Um, we have uh, the smart Delilah, uh, who is actually really a bitch for a uh, for a school newspaper editor. Like she takes her job way too seriously as school paper, uh, and I don't like that. Also, I, I didn't like how hot she was to be the lead of the school paper because I've never seen a hot person that was like, yeah, I'm into no. journalism in uh, this age. You know, I absolutely agree. <laughs> It didn't make any sense. Uh, we also get to meet Mary Beth Louise Hutchinson, who always introduces her name as Mary Beth Louise Hutchinson. Hi, I'm new here. And you can see as she enters the school on the first day that uh, there is a girl that has like a neck tattoo. And she's like, where's the front office? I'm Mary Beth Louise Hutchinson, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and the lady has no lines. That's actually Robert Rodriguez's sister that he cast, uh, who's sitting on the steps yeah. of uh, Harrington High School, leading people into this derelict uh, high school. I also think that uh, they, they, they're having funding issues for the school. And uh, yeah, but I bet the football team's getting new jerseys. And I was like, yeah, because this is the only thing that people care about in this small Texas town. Also, why can't they just fix any door in this place? Like it literally, like I understand a poor school, but like you have, a, yeah, you have a nice football stadium. Like maybe they're the the one teacher's like maybe we could get two computers this year and they're like shut up you bag we got football to play which is very that whole sequence is very funny to me i find the whole thing unrealistic 
because I'm like, I'm sorry, an old lady knowing how to use a computer? Get the fuck out of here. Yes, yeah, that is, I mean, that was very funny. Like, maybe they could learn some things. Look at this Netscape Navigator I found. Yeah, yeah. Um, could we get some new Lenovo Chromebooks? <laughs> yes. That would be great. I also think it's very funny. This is another thing that bothers me. The, uh, the one character uh, who's played by uh, Clay Duvall, or uh, who's played Stokely, She's supposed to be like the goth chick, but she also wears Tommy Hilfiger. And I found that to be rather, <laughs> rather problematic. You know, where are my Jinkos and, and chain wallets? This is not what a goth kid would wear at all. Agreed. You know, so uh, we then uh, we get to meet some more of the, the faculty and staff there. Uh, Casey, uh, who's Elijah Wood, finds the little squid out on the um, uh, uh, this little squid thingy out on the football field and shows it to uh, coach uh, to the science teacher who's uh, John Stewart, Stewart which, whose name in the movie is uh, Professor Edward Furlong, which is pretty funny uh, <laughs> callback because also you have uh, you also have uh, uh, Robert Patrick who's playing a Terminator uh, in, in yeah. T2 and is in this one a scary guy as well. Um, and he also does mention, he's like, I hope I don't he's just like, I'd rather just jab a pen into my eye, which is foreshadowing I, for later for Mr. Yeah, John Stewart. Uh, they do test out that, uh, hey, this thing really reacts well to water, and they put it in, and it starts sprouting all these little tentacles mm-hmm. and stuff like that, which uh, I think is a, a callback, because the original working title for this movie was supposed to be called The Feelers, uh, mm-hmm. which was obviously a reference to the weird tentacles that these aliens put out into the world. So, um, No, I don't think that's what it was referencing. I think Harvey Weinstein was like, hey, how do you let people know who you really are without telling them? Tell me you're a predator without telling me you're a predator. So, so uh, uh, things are starting to fall apart as other faculty members fall one by one. Old lady Miss Brommel eventually wanders her way into the shower where we hear this. And then, uh, of course, our jock goes and grabs him and then just takes like half of her scalp off. It's a pretty fun little scene. In the, I got to be shower. honest. I would have the same reaction if I saw Jeremy in the shower. I'm sorry. Jeremy, please stop. <laughs> Get out of here. You have a body like John Lithgow. <laughs> Jeremy's been sending us John Lithgow nudes all week. I need to mention this. That it, but Jeremy, why, why have you been sending us John Lithgow movie nudes? constantly this week naked i mean come on (laughs) i don't want to see i don't know they can go in the garbage with all these whoopi goldberg nudes though oh Um, god no please (laughs) so uh they uh casey and uh who's elijah wood and uh, uh and delilah go into the faculty lounge to do some snooping around uh when they see a bit too much where's brummel she didn't make it. Her body was too old. The heat got to her. Be careful of the climate. It compromises your nervous system, makes one impulsive. Has the entire faculty been commuted? Almost. 
what about the students? Soon. What are you two still doing here? I thought I was the only one left. Can't you see I'm the hot nurse that works here all the time? Uh, and then... The, did you hear about the Whoopi Goldberg, uh, Ted, Ted Danson sex tapes? No, but the floor is mm. yours. They paid apparently a million dollars to Whoopi Goldberg and Ted Danson to keep them safe and never to release them. <laughs> I'd watch Ted Danson fuck Whoopi Goldberg, I think. No. No, it's, it's something you can't unsee. I'd, I'd like to see Whoopi Goldberg fuck Bill Goldberg. That's where I'd like to see. <laughs> Just spear in the pussy. Um, so they see a bit too much and end up having to run out as they're trying to change the uh, sweet Selma Hayek nurse. Uh, and uh, they run their way out of there and uh, go to get the cops because Casey's a fucking snitch. And they bring her back to the office for the cops to investigate. Now I need a professional. Christ. I don't need a shrink. I know what I saw. Well, we've just spoken with both Mrs. Brummel and Nurse Harper. They got her, and uh, slowly one of the police also gets changed when uh, he goes into the back room. So uh, adults are falling left and right in uh, the small town of Harrington right now. Which I have to tell you, the same thing happened to me when this guy stuck his tongue in my ear one time. Ruined my whole life. Just absolutely (laughs) had the same effect. Changed my entire personality. I became a huge bitch. (laughs) At this point in the movie, everybody knows that uh, Wilford Brimley is one of the aliens. That is true. That is true. So uh, uh, Casey's dad is uh, is Shooter McGavin, and uh, he takes him back home after this, and he's like, no more of these ridiculous games. And he steals his porno that it's hiding underneath this thing, because he knows it exists. He's like, sorry, no more treats for you, son. No more flogging the bishop, which I think is the oh, most fun God. way to... To, to say you're jerking off is flogging the bishop. Mm. So uh, I never, ever would want my parents to be like, oh, yeah, we're going to go find your porn collection under your bed. We know it's there. Like, there's, they're too comfortable with knowing that much about their kid. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they, uh, they, the next time they go to go run some more tests to go see if they can go steal those little specimens, and uh, Professor Ed Furlong uh, is in there going, hey, yeah, I already sent him to the university. And he goes apeshit trying to fucking kill the kids. But luckily, Josh Hartnett, the secret to defeating the aliens that are slowly taking over the town, is his own concoction of caffeine pills that he turns into uh, uh, uh uh, a sniffable drug that he hides in clear pens. Can we talk about what a bad business idea this is that he has? <laughs> so he has like, I get the allure of hiding drugs in the emptiness of a pen. Why clear? Is I mean, this is not like nobody's ever looked at that. I'm like, hmm, just a regular blue pencil that's filled with white powder. That makes sense in the school. That's not a good way to 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 move this product around. He is the dorkiest drug dealer I've ever seen. Yeah, I've, I've never bought drugs from someone with that haircut, that white, who drives a car that I'm like, how? I'm sorry, how? How did you get that car? Like, there's no way he's able to maintain a car like that if he has no parents. Just yes. Saying. 
So uh, they are able to jab him in the eye, uh, which is he had mentioned earlier in the uh, in the movie, uh, as it slowly foams around his eyeball and he uh, he, he meets his demise. Now uh, it's at this part they go back to um, uh, Zeke's house, who's uh, our drug dealer uh, Josh Hartnett character. And if you notice it, it's rumored and though not confirmed that the house that they're filming out is the same house that they filmed the movie multiplicity. A lot of people have seen comparisons between the two houses, especially that little garage that are on the outside of there. You don't see it though. Miss Ashley weird piece of trivia. It is. It's just the, you know, it's the things I find on IMDb that I share with the world here on the quality time podcast. But again, how does Zach, Zach, how does Zeke have a house if he has no parents? Like the state doesn't let a kid like that just live on his own. I'm just pointing out the flaws that something doesn't make sense. He lives a life like uh, Lindsay Lohan and Mean Girls. His parents are in South Africa right now. They're training. They're doing stuff. And he is a mean boy. They're in Alaska fighting vampires. (laughs) There you go. He's like, yeah, my dad is stuck in 30 days of night right now. Uh, (laughs) So uh, they, uh, they do have this little montage. I call it the science montage where they're examining. They get, give it to Zeke. He's, he knows how to make drugs. He'll know what to do with this. So they find out that, yes, if you put a little bit of fucking of the diuretic on there, it dries him out and kills these things, which is what he mm-hmm. puts in his drugs to cut it with, and uh, which means that uh, this thing could never take over like the Compton hood in the nineties because everybody just did crack back then. So that's the important thing to know is that it's the safest movie. Like this is only a white person, scary movie, right? Like water. Finally, finally they have a movie where the drug dealer is the good guy and drugs are good for kids. Yeah. Yeah. And also think about this. The faculty can never happen in Flint, Michigan. They get one sniff of that water and be like, Oh, we're already dead. And that is <laughs> so dark today, and I thought it was going to be me. <laughs> nope it's it's the it's a team effort. So uh, they, I also hate how they they show how this weird caffeine upper that he makes. He's like, I've never done drugs before, and they start laughing. First of all, no, I don't. I've never like. Oh, have you ever got so wound up you just got the giggles? Like, no, I got so wound up I thought that I was Wolverine from the X Men and I could smell sounds. That's that's what it feels like. Anything to learn from this movie? Drugs will save your life. Yes, and they do have like a a classic, like basically a shout out to the thing kind of scene where like you're gonna have to do the drugs right here. And of course, they finally get to somebody, and it is Delilah who's got the little fucking squid juice underneath her neck and shit like that. And she uh-huh. runs up. I like that she just runs through the door like she's the fucking uh, like like a cartoon character that smells pie in the other room. It's great how fast she runs out of that. Bitch. I love that you called it squid juice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, they decide to go then confront the principal and they end up shooting her in the head uh, in the gym, which is uh, a pretty fun little scene. Uh, of course, she's unfazed by this and gets her ass back up. Uh, 
shit goes sour as they use up most of the juice to get through her, but that clearly isn't the head one because they theorize if they take out the head one in the original, then everybody else will go back to normal. But they're running low on drugs, so uh, our jock goes to go confront the uh, the folks out on the uh, uh, the football court. Uh, I said the football court. Out on the football field uh, where it's raining and they all just have their giant mouths open like, ah, this is good water. Yes. Yes. Uh, which is pretty fun. Uh, so he's just... Which, oh, I'm so sorry, Eric. I didn't interrupt. I was just going to say, as funny as it is, I I do have the same experience, though, when guys, like, stand before my open legs. They're just like, yes! They're like, rain down on me. This is delicious pussy juice. Jesus. They're like, how's the weather? They're like, how's the weather? And then I just <laughs> squirt on them, and I'm like, it's raining. <laughs> it's it's raining on these men. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, uh, Stan ends up getting turned uh, as he checks on the coach. He comes back to uh, trick the gang out of their last little speed balls on the outside so now they're without any ammunition so they decide to go to uh zeke's car casey and zeke decide to go make a run for the car to see if they can get some more drugs uh the football team is is pacing around chasing casey who makes his way into a bus where he finds delilah like who's crazy as hell now and he's like oh shit he ends up having to get on top of the bus and uh retreat out of there zeke of course comes face to face with uh uh, his hot teacher who uh you know as soon as she becomes evil she becomes hot and confident which is fun um and uh he ends up fucking love crafting her out of the fucking window of his gto going full speed uh meanwhile bethany has gone full fucking alien on stokely in the gym as she has been uh, revealed to be the head alien of course the person who's out of town and she fake doing drugs that bitch so <laughs> can i just say she's like Paul Paula Dean, if Paula got liposuction. <laughs> <laughs> so uh we're left with just uh zeke uh as uh, the last man standing as he's trying to uh avoid or is it i think it's casey who's getting chased underneath everything underneath the bleachers is it is it is it hartnett or is it elijah wood who faces off no. against the last monster oh no it's elijah wood yes because here's my favorite part though before we like get into the bleacher parts i know we don't want to run too long we actually see a huge scene before this happening in the locker room and so the bad girl the leader mary beth is like looking at josh and she's like it's elijah it's been him the whole time and josh goes why are you naked yeah, yeah. <laughs> where, where, where your clothes at <laughs> this is pretty good where your clothes at <laughs> and i love that she does the woman thing of being like how to get out of this she's like what do you not want to see me naked and he's like that's not what i asked you <laughs> First of all, no, and what? Just like, <laughs> so, yeah, that is, that is pretty funny. And, uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, this is dumb, but I was just going to say she is the original cosplayer because she was cosplaying as a human. There you go. I like that. I do like the giant monster she turns into ultimately, though, because she hops in the pool and then goes full fucking level three, like <laughs> tentacled monster. Like giant she looks like a giant flea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Playing all the red hot chili pepper bass lines. And then uh, <laughs> eventually they chase Casey uh, into the bleachers where he runs the bleachers and it starts crushing the monster. And then 
it is kind of a letdown that all it takes to defeat the monster is just not just one, not two, but three pens full of drugs. That's all it needed to hit, take out the head body snatcher as it uh, collapses right before his eyes. They had to use the pens because they were all out of Narcan. There we go. And uh, that uh, pretty much brings us to an end of the faculty. Everyone is back to normal that's still alive. Uh, Casey gets the hot journalist chick at the end, which doesn't make sense, but we just go with it anyway. There was very little tension between them, except that like, oh, wait a minute, you remembered my name. It's such a simps way of like love at the end there. Also... When she's possessed by the creature, she's mean as shit to him. Yeah. Like, even more so. I like yeah. that her... I like that, like, the thing only just made her slightly more of a bitch. Like, that's... <laughs> so, like, we... They, they were the hardest to tell that she was tur- t- turned. You're like, well, she is a bitch all the time, though. So how are we... How do we know? Um, <laughs> so, that, that brings us to the end of this wonderful film, The Faculty 1998. Jeremy, your final thoughts on this movie that you know, you love, and you studied before. Um, I remembered about 1% of this movie. And... Um, <laughs> If there's any way we can confirm the movie for sure next time we do it. Pretty sure Eric put it in the messages. Yeah, and I never read that message, hence I never saw that we were doing it. And I was pretty sure we were doing the arachnophobia. So it's okay, man. It's not a big deal, man. We'll figure it out. We'll move on. You know, I'm just glad that you were you were here today and we got that Congress song that we're going to play in its entirety shortly. Yeah, so. Ashley, your final thoughts on the faculty, your your pick this week. I really like the faculty. I think it's actually a really fun movie. I think it's definitely a horror film reflective of the times that it that it came out in. I think it was very much a 90s, early 2000s piece that I enjoy. So yeah, I like it. I'm glad I picked this movie because I like it a lot. Well, you'll always get my support if you pick a Robert Rodriguez film at any time because you know what? They're just fun. Pa- they're always... The one thing about a Robert Rodriguez movie, it's always fucking paced great and that I love. And they're always other, set in Texas. So. The other important thing is that uh, Rodriguez filmed this... In- in 24 hours and he made it a million millions of dollars under budget so is that how he does it i guess yeah, he, uh. he films it actually live as it's acted out and so yeah hmm. now he is known to be the one of the fastest directors and he'll almost handheld most movies so. well yeah. the fastest directors are is uh historically speaking uh informed in terms of staying under budget is david cronenberg so let's not Let's not, let's not discount. You, we're not going to give anybody who isn't Jewish the that marquee, Jeremy. Okay. Berg. So, uh, Miss Ashley, where can people find you at? Um, catch me this Wednesday. I'll be at Warehouse Cinemas hosting their film league. Um, and then I will be uh, in Harrisburg doing a show on the 30th. And you can always find me online at Ashley Pontius Laughs. Excellent. Uh, you can catch all things Eric Comedy at ericcomedy.com. Eric with a K, comedy with a C. Uh, there you can find links to our merch store and all that shit up there. So uh, buy yourself a T-shirt. It's Christmas time right around there. And if you order it, you might have it in time. Live, laugh, love. Uh, also a bunch of murder mysteries and shit showing up this week. I'll be at Magoobies. Uh, Jeremy, take us out. 
Arachnophobia, a great movie.